We are joined now by Reverend Ibrahim Pedrinan, uh, the ACCFL president. Welcome. I'm here. How are you? <laughs> Today we got some news on the Amazon unionizing results. Can you break the news to us, please? Absolutely. Well, it's, uh, anytime workers organize, it's always an exciting opportunity. Um, and it looks like we're going to have more opportunities to organize because the results were uh, 406 against and 206 for. So um, not the results that we were hoping for, but um, anytime David goes up against Goliath, you kind of imagine... Uh, despite the stories that Goliath is going to win, Amazon spent millions and millions of dollars on uh, busting this uh, this union campaign and this drive. And they had vote no shirts that they were handing out. They were pulling people into meetings to say, "Hey, you, you're on disability. You know, do you have a do you have a lawyer? Uh, are you voting yes?" Uh, and you know, really kind of intimating that they they wouldn't have anything if they voted yes for the union, and and really kind of scare tactic. Uh, on on some of these workers, so um, it's not the result that we hoped for. But anytime anybody stands up and says, "I deserve a voice and a vote," we know that that's a, a really good um, a good thing for all workers. Yeah, this this sounds a lot like what the results were from Bessemer, Alabama, where I think the country was expecting uh, unionizing to take place, and um, similar feedback from people was that there was some union busting going on. Can you compare the two situations? I unfortunately I can't because I just I don't I don't know what was going on. I don't know anybody in Bessemer. I mean mm -hmm. I've heard stories, but you know, like here at least, you know, I, I have the personal connections and the, the people who are able to kind of point out this, that or the other thing. Um but you know it's it's there's sort of a rule book um, for for union busting, and that that is you you start people's uh, employment off with captive meeting, captive audience meetings. You pull them, you know, right right out the gate. You say, you know, the union is a business, and they're just here to take your money. And um, there are certain um, certain things, and then they you know they saddle up next to you on your machine or you know at your lunch, and and kind of spread these seeds of of doubt or concern. Um, they um, they threaten you know your your employment and say you know if you're if you're going to do this this may you know adversely affect you you know they don't they obviously <laughs> don't tell you um, you know any of the good things or any of the balanced things they don't engage in any sort of um, you know equal sided debate or conversation it's it's solely one sided and of course they have an entire budget for those things whereas the union organizing generally has a very, you know, minuscule budget, you know, maybe funded just by workers themselves um, or, um, or whatever, especially, you know, in a case like we had here in Albany, uh, definitely not, you know, a multi-million dollar budget. They were paying um, one of their union busters $3,200 a day, a day, you know, and that's, that's not something that any workers could afford <laughs> to provide, you know, an anti-union buster for the same amount. So um, the, the tactics are pretty, pretty common and pretty disgusting. Um, mm. And so we, we saw that uh, in, in 
both of those instances, but I think also any any of the campaigns you see um, headlines and news about the Starbucks union busing, or if you talk to the folks here locally, they're saying the exact same thing. You know, my my manager at the busiest time of the day pulls me off the floor, um, you know, causing actual crap harm for the coworkers, harm for the customers, but they don't care. It's, it's really to just create this intimidation um, and to, to really make people be like, yeah, fine, I'll just vote no. Let me get back on the floor and help people. You know, and it's kind of this, yeah. this really disgusting way of yeah. trying to, uh, you know, psychological warfare, really. Yeah, so it sounds like there are two main things going on. Uh, the scare tactic, but also abusing people's maybe lack of knowledge about how unions work and how it would have been implemented in this situation? Absolutely. And, and, and um, you know, one of the things you'll hear out of uh, ALU, ALB1, um, is, you know, they're, they're pulling people who are on disability, they're pulling people who, who are the most vulnerable, and they're exploiting that vulnerability, uh, which is just absolutely... I mean, it's horrific. It's horrific, and um, so I, I believe that the um, I believe that they said that they are going to um, not even try for a re-election. They're just going to say like they're going to ask the um, the NLRB for a um, a direct bargaining order because there's no way that an election could be functional. Uh, there's no. You know, they're supposed to have what they call like laboratory conditions. You know, it's supposed to be, quote unquote, sterilized. There's not supposed to be, you know, no electioneering, blah, 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 blah. And, and what is it? Um, direct bargaining? No. What does that mean? Yeah. Uh, direct, a direct bargaining order. So it's just saying, look, there's no way that in, in any situation that any union vote could actually be legitimate because... You're going you're gonna to corner people and tell them to vote no. I mean, they have big banners inside the building that say vote no. Um, isn't that illegal? And <laughs> isn't that illegal? <laughs> I mean, this is exactly why. Uh, yeah, but they don't care. What, why, would, why would they care? They, so they can who... break the law. They can pay a $100,000 fee, and that's like water off a duck's back at that point. Oh, and so the penalty why, is just saying, paying, and so therefore it doesn't matter? Yeah, Who is yeah. the oversight here in or, that situation? Well, this is this is why there really needs to be labor law reform in this country, because even if you have the National Labor Relations Board, which is supposed to be some modicum of oversight, there's no enforcement mechanism. And mm-hmm. the enforcement mechanisms that they have are so weak that an employer is just going to be like, well... It'll cost us a hundred thousand dollars, you know, to to pay for this violation for mm-hmm. this fine. You know, we <laughs> we can easily, you know, hand that down the pipe. You know, no problem. That saves us a whole lot. Of, that actually saves them time and money, right? They don't have to. Um, so, so I believe that the direct bargaining order says it's because there could never be a vote that was not laboratory conditions safe that that was actually you know for the workers or you know safe protected um that that they are just going to like say you need to bargain Mm. which is wild uh i'm excited i'm excited that that's a possibility and i'm just learning you know i just learned about that this afternoon so uh excited to see maybe the possibilities of how that plays out yeah uh sounds like overall you sound pretty optimistic so can you talk about what the next steps are and where, where you and the 
union organizers see moving forward at this moment? Well, usually everyone takes a step back, takes a deep breath, takes a nap, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever they can do to, to really recuperate. Um, because it is, it's a slog, it's a battle, mm. it's a fight, you know, and people are tired. So I think, I think the first step is going to be just to take a breath. Um, even though when I saw Chris Smalls today, the president of ALU, he, mm. um, he, he left, he left right after the decision because he had to go out to California because they've got a warehouse out there that's unionizing. And so he doesn't get the rest, you know, but the workers here who are the on the ground workers who are, you know, having the conversations, making the phone calls, doing the work, getting harassed by management on the workroom floor. Um, they're, they're the ones that, you know, need to take a breath. But then, I mean, depending on how this, uh, direct bargaining order works itself out, um, they, you know, I, I, I don't know how that will play out, frankly. I'll, I'll just be 100% honest. But uh, even even when you have a union, you're constantly organizing. You're constantly um, kind of working to get better conditions, to stop harassment, to encourage workers, um, and and to really make sure that um, all the, the wages, the benefits, the working conditions um, are above par, you know, and are, are actually valuable for the workers. So the organizing never stops, you know, even as a union person myself, you're constantly organizing, you're constantly working to try to make sure that the workplace is better. Uh, it's what workers deserve and workers deserve everything. So. Great. I think we're just about out of time, but um, I, I feel like even if it didn't succeed in unionizing, you mentioned Chris Smalls going over to California. So <laughs> This was a pretty big uh, um, news nationally. So even if it didn't uh-huh. succeed here, the fact that the organizing effort um, was greatly supported could be supporting the efforts over in California, could not? Not only that, but I think it also gives uh, rise to a, a greater sense of consciousness of our own organizing here in the capital region. And I think it, it gives people the permission that maybe they felt like they didn't have to say, we want to we want to organize like that it it increases um worker consciousness and the ability for for people to say i want to reach out to some of those organizers and figure out what they did right what they did wrong and and organize my workplace as well and i think that is one of the great boons to any organizing campaign yeah that is really important I appreciate you so much coming on to our program so last minute last minute um uh, anything else you'd like to add in the last few seconds of all power to the workers. That's the way I generally end these things. Uh, workers are the majority of a workplace, and the majority of the workplace deserves to have the voice and the vote. So uh, every every worker deserves a union. Every deserve, every worker deserves to have democracy in their workplace. Thank you so much, Reverend Ibrahim Prajdanan, so coming on the show, Hudson Mohawk Magazine. We hope to have you on again Great soon. Great to talk to everyone. Solidarity. Solidarity.